0: Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. Tell your neighbor it's good to give thanks to the Lord. How many of you say you're in a better place if you think of think of Thanksgiving 2017, and now it is Thanksgiving 2018. You're not where you want to be, but you sure are better than you were back then. Amen? Come on, give Jesus praise. Thank Jesus for His goodness, for His grace. And I just thank the Lord for you. Amen? I thank the Lord for my wife. I thank the Lord for my children. I love this time of the year because we should live that way with a thankful heart. But I believe that these are the moments that we really have to give thanksgiving Uh, to the Lord just for His faithfulness. You know, I'm blown away by you and Team Shiloh and your faithfulness this Saturday. This week, last week, I believe we started on Wednesday, we bagged up 1,200 Thanksgiving baskets. Isn't that amazing? In 25 minutes, that'll feed about 5,000 people. And then Saturday, we delivered, we hand-delivered 300 of those to families that are incarcerated. We gave another 120 out to some schools in Oakland Unified School District where they know of kids that are in need. And uh, and then the rest of this week, we're going to give out the rest of the other 780 baskets to people. So we're just excited. Amen. We're excited about being a part of what the Lord is doing. I hope you've been Joining me in prayer as we pray for just everything that's going on in Northern California and Southern California. I'm praying for rain, amen? Amen. Lord, we just pray for rain. We pray not just for the fog that rolled in. Father, we need that downpour from heaven. Lord Jesus and just be with these families and we're going to tell you a little bit later about a way you can be a part of, um, of blessing them I believe God's giving us an opportunity so I say we take every opportunity the Bible says on all occasions be generous amen and uh, we're blessed and Melinda and I were out um, we were all wearing on our masks I got this amazing mask I look like Dark Vader and I kind of add a little sound effect to it when I put it on <sighs> And we're complaining about the smoke. And, and we're like, what do we really have to complain about? I mean, there's some people who have lost family. There's some people who have lost everything. We have nothing to, be, to complain about. So we have an awesome opportunity to just bless. And, and uh, I, I believe God gives the church these opportunities. So when you pray, why, God, I, I know what, what God's going to tell you. He's going to say for you to rise up. For you to rise up and show the love of Christ to those going through difficult season. And that's, I just think it's amazing, even as we've been in this sermon series in Daniel, all that's going on in culture, all that's going on in society. You would almost think we planned it, but we didn't. But but it's a good reminder of who we're called to be as the people of God, amen? And, and Daniel provides a great bl- blueprint here as we're in part three of Stand. And if you want a title for this sermon, it's ta- Stand Excellently, amen? I believe God's called us to stand Excellently, and to influence and to love and to show the love of Jesus. And even if culture would come and try to rebrand us or re-identify us, put labels on us, I tell you, more than ever, the world is trying to say, this is what the church is. And we've been okay with allowing culture to say, this is what the church is. We need to stop that church, and we need to begin to reflect and show, this is who God's called us to be, amen? And rise up, and 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 there's this battle for our worship. We learned last week how, how the enemy uses culture to detract us. He puts up shiny images and all kinds of sounds to try to get us to bow to those things Those images, those things, those shiny images and those sounds but we're not going to bow, amen our affections and our attention and our abilities are all going to be towards diverted, diverted towards God and they will not be diverted towards culture and and we're going to live according to God's truth, amen we're going to live according to God's standard and we will not bow to the sights and the sounds, amen and we're going to live in a way that God has called us to. And I believe God has us. I want you to look around. Us. Whether you're in the room or watching online, he's called us in this season, in this hour. We, we have a unique opportunity to rise up. And I want you to hear this. The world needs Jesus and the world needs Jesus through you. You are it. You are who God's calling to be a reflection of God. Amen. The world doesn't need to hear a group of people who are weird. I mean, we can't, we got this idea that the church is made up of a bunch of weirdos. It's got to stop in the name of Jesus. I want you to look around. Yeah, we're probably a peculiar people, but we're called to be different. I want you to hear that. And you need to write that down. I am called to be different. If you try to be the same as culture, you will may, never make a difference. You can't be a different, make a difference being the same. You can't impact the world being the way the world is. It's not part way the world is and then God's way. No, we make a difference doing it God's way. Amen? And, and we shouldn't be a bunch of people that, that the world can't relate to. See, I believe God intended for His people, for the church, to be the most attractive thing there ever was. The Bible says that we're called to be a city on a hill. There should be a drawing power. There should be a light. The Bible tells us when Jesus wandered through cultures, people were drawn to Him. He he drew people, and we are called to dress, to draw people there. You're called to possess Qualities that the world would run to and say, I need you to speak into my life. I need you to pray for me. Whatever you got, I need you to shake some off of me. And God's called us to possess those kinds of qualities. We're not only called to look good and smell good, but we're to make things brighter and better. We're to be salt and light. We're to transform the world and draw all men unto Jesus. Amen. Not just by carrying our Bibles, but it's, it's these qualities that we're supposed to possess. And I love the book of Daniel because you see in chapter 6, Daniel had something in him that made all of the kings. He served many kings, four different kings, four different leaders. He served them all and there was something in him that said, I need him on my team. And that's, I believe, God wants you to carry and possess those kinds of qualities, not just on Sundays, but every day of your life. Amen? Open your Bibles to Daniel 6, 1 through 5, and it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, 120 of his people, to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors. Two of them were his people, but one of these was who? Daniel. That the satraps might give account to them. Listen to this, so that the king would suffer no loss. Whenever Daniel was around, the king didn't suffer loss. Whenever he was around, there was something in Daniel that made everything go better than it did then when he wasn't there. And I believe we're called to possess those qualities. Then look at verse 3. Then this, Daniel distinguished himself. Tell your neighbor, you're supposed to distinguish yourself. Above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. God's called us to live life with an excellent spirit. God's called us to stand and live excellently in culture. And the Bible says, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. I want you to hear that. First, he said, I'm going to have three. But when he saw this excellent spirit in Daniel, he said, you know what? I'm going to give him the whole thing. I want you to hear that. We will never possess or change anything if we do not possess the excellent spirit God's called us to live by There's this desire you have to to reflect more and to influence more and God's placed that inside of you but it will not happen without an excellent spirit Now he was in Persian he was Jewish he was different than all of these guys, but there was something different in his life. See, there's got to be something different about us. And all through the Bible, you see the story of people where there was something different. Esther had an excellent spirit. The Bible says that she was quiet and gentle in spirit, and that the king recognized this quality in her and the Bible says that it drew his heart. David had an excellent spirit. He didn't have much in those days. All he had was a slingshot and five stones, but because of the excellent spirit he had coupled with God's power, he took down a giant. See, there's a power that God wants to put on display in your life, but He can't do it if we don't allow Him to change us from the inside out. See, we all want the shiny stuff on the outside. God say, no, there's something that needs to be inside of you, and that is an excellent spirit. That's a a quality character, something that's different than the world. Amen. And when we give him that excellent spirit and we do it all, we give him our best. Listen to me. God is not asking for the best. He's asking for your best. The woman with the widow, the widow with the two mites, she gave her best. He didn't say, I need all the treasure. See, the Pharisees were all judging her. They had the best. They were looking for the best, but they never gave the best. They wanted the best the world had, and God said, No, I want the best that you have. He's not saying, I want you to see this. The Bible doesn't say Daniel was talented. It wasn't saying that Daniel had all these things going for him. The thing he had going for him was an excellent spirit. And we learned already that the reason why he had that excellent spirit was because he wouldn't bow was because he made God first. He would pray. He would spend time in the Word. It didn't matter what idols they put in front of him. He said, I will not bow to that thing. And God began to cultivate an excellent spirit even in this culture and society that had abused him, stole him from his family, kidnapped him, and put him into an environment that is not where he wanted to be. Let me tell you, God's put you someplace right now that maybe you don't want to be. Not so you be grumpy there. Not so that you keep praying, God, get me out of here. But so we say, Father, wherever you've put me now, you've put me here to do something. Show me. And you know what he'll show us? He'll show us that I've called you to have an excellent spirit even in that miserable place. There's something in you that I want the world around you to see. I want you to influence. I want you to make a change. Steph Curry. He's not in the Bible yet, but he will be. I mean, has he not changed our city? They've built coliseums. They're building arenas because of of what he's done and that team's done. You know that his father's alma mater wouldn't even... He got no Division I offers. No Division I offers. His dad's own alma mater, Virginia Tech, wouldn't even take him. They said, sure, you could come on down as a walk-on. Come and try out. He was scrawny when he graduated high school. He was 140 pounds. I haven't been 140 pounds since my mom gave birth to me. He was scrawny, 6'3". I mean, what basketball player should be doing as well as he is? 6'3". But you know what he did? He said, there's something. And he shoots every day, every day. You read about him. He shoots over 250 shots from every part of the court. Because he said, no, nobody's going to hold me back. There's something different inside of me. See, there's something in you. And you're trying to grasp at the things the world has to offer. That is not the best God has for you. The best God has for you, he's already put inside of you. There's an excellent spirit he wants you to display to the whole world. He's saying, make me first. Make me first. We are to represent God in everything. Tell your neighbor, you will not make a difference being the same. The hope, I want you to hear this, the hope of the world is you. Did you hear that? The hope of the world is you. Jesus is not going to write it in the sky. I mean, we want that. Jesus isn't sending some angels down and say, here I am, give your heart to Jesus. You are it. You are Noah's Ark. You are salvation. You are what this world needs right now. That is you. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. I want you to read these next few words. God is making His appeal through us. God is making His appeal to the world, saying, look at my way compared to the world's way through us. He's making his appeal. We are called to be those with an excellent spirit, the drawing card where he's speaking for Christ when we plead. We speak for Christ when we plead. That's amazing. Tell your neighbor, your job title is ambassador. You're an ambassador for Christ. You represent Christ. Ephesians 3 says, says, to, says to the intent that now the man listen to this the manifold wisdom of God may be known through the church God wants to show his wisdom to the world through the church not a 501c3 not an organization who's the church come on no no don't we it say me see we shift oh we they dumb people, those people day the infamous day we are the church come on say your name i'm it i'm an ambassador i'm the one who's to display the manifest wisdom of god and a test not only to the world but even look to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places even devil the devil should see you coming and run Because in me, I carry everything necessary for there to be victory in freedom in Jesus' name. Ooh, it's getting quiet, huh? It's easy when you say, the pastor's called to do it. Well, all of us are. I'm called to do it, and so are you. We are it. We are to live life with the manifold wisdom of God. We are to display the glory of God. We are to show His power. We are to be representative of everything that is God. Ooh. We carry the car. You may not see it, but the Bible says there's a mark on you as a believer. There's a mark on you. Yeah, who you are and, what you be- and who you belong to and where your citizenship is there's a mark on you and that's why the enemy in culture wants to come and dole that out doesn't want you to focus on the inside out he wants you to focus on the outside in but Daniel stood and he demonstrated these excellent spirits the NIV calls it exceptional qualities And the Bible says because of that, what happened? He was promoted. Some of you need to ask, God, why am I not being promoted? And I'm going to tell you why. Thus saith the Lord, that excellent spirit, God's trying to work it out. You're saying, how come they're getting that and not me? And you're right. You should be getting that and not them because there's some, God's not going to set you up for failure. We'll read a scripture in a bit where it talks about glory to glory. There's something God's working inside of you and he needs to work that out so that you can. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want you to make his kingdom look bad. Ooh, we got quiet all of a sudden. Maybe because you were thinking about Friday night or Saturday night. I don't know why. But there's this excellent spirit. It's, it's those with an excellent spirit. You look in the Bible time and time again that are put in places, that are, that are influenced kingdoms, that change nation. Doesn't the Bible say that he's given us nations as an inheritance? Ours, they're Ours. But we need to understand there's something inside of us. There's that process. There's that in-between. There's this season we're going through and we're wondering, what's all the fire and the hell and all the difficulties in my life for? And the Lord's saying, it's I'm refining you from the inside out. I'm creating an excellent spirit inside of you. Amen? We're all stuck on the gifts, but God say, no, I want to produce great fruit, the fruits of the Spirit to flow out of your life. Tell your neighbor, excellent, excellent Spirit. Stab around here get mad. I mean, Sunday mornings when I drive in and I see the garbage can showing and stuff all over the place. You ask Pastor Melinda, why is this there? Why is this? Don't you understand? We're going to have new people come into the house. This place should be amazing. I love when I hear the stories. I came to Shiloh, and we've heard it time and time again, and I never thought I'd find anything like this in the Bay Area, much less Oakland. Then I get a little bad and say, don't talk bad about Oakland. They said that about Jesus. What good thing could come out of Nazareth? What good thing could come out of Oakland? Tell your neighbor, you watch and see what God's going to do. Amen? An excellent spirit. Let me tell you, if there's no excellent spirit, if there's no character, if there's no integrity, you will not be in charge of anything. Why won't they promote me at work? Because you're petty. Can I preach about that? Because you're petty. Oh, well, he's not doing his job. I'm not going to do my job. No, no, you be you, boo. You let God work that out. He put those lazy people around you, not so that you be lazy, but so that you would shine with God and watch what will happen. You'll be put in a place of position and authority, and God will say, amen. And God will open doors and give you an excellent spirit, and he's going to change you, and all of a sudden, you're going to shine. And you're going to say, why in the world is he there? And you're going to say to yourself, why in the world am I here? And the Lord will say, because I produce an excellent spirit in you. Huh? are awfully quiet in here. That's what God's doing in our lives. He wants you to influence culture where you're at. You're praying to get out and God's saying, no, I want you in there. Daniel 6, 4 says, look what it says. I'm going to go down. And, and so the governor, they looked for charges against him. They looked for, for 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 charges and fault. But because he was what? Faithful. He's not looking for perfect or holy. God is looking for faithfulness. That's how that excellent spirit is developed. Faithful first. Tell your neighbor, faithful first. He wants to work so inside of us but the minute things get hot we try to jump out of the thing and God says, no, I need you to stay in the heat because you're being refined and you will become faithful even in the little things. And doesn't Jesus say that? He that will be faithful with little I, he will be faithful with much. If we're not faithful with the $10 he's given us how can he give you $10 million? Ooh, it's quiet in here. I know somebody, this is a true story. When I worked at the bank, I told you the story how I started working at Wells Fargo Bank when I was 18 years old because I was pursuing Melinda and I kept calling her about Wells Fargo Bank and I figured I better get a job at Wells Fargo Bank. I didn't work there very long, but it was, you know, it didn't make me seem weird for calling her all the time about Wells Fargo Bank and never working there. Well, while I was there, I met a guy by the name of Mike. Oh, I won't say his name. I won't say his name. I met a guy who won the lottery. Won the lottery. Won the lottery. And he got, this was before they give you lump sum, he got a huge yearly distribution every year. And I knew him B, BL before the lottery, and I knew him after the lottery. You know when he was most bore, broke after the lottery? He was most broke after the lottery. He'd get his distribution checks every September. He couldn't even make it from September to September. He'd buy brand new trucks and have to sell it. Buy a $50,000 truck, have to sell it for 12 because he was scrounging for money every year. And I know what you're thinking. I would never do that. Yes, you would. <laughs> Whatever you're doing with it now, you'll do it with it then and worse. And God's wanting to, well, God, why, why have you only given me a Toyota Corolla and not a Mercedes? Well, let's go look at the Toyota Corolla. Does it show an excellent spirit? Or does it show McDonald's ketchup all over the back seat? Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. Are we being good stewards? Are we, are we taking care? Are we giving God our best with what we have? Amen? Are we being faithful with the little things? Amen? See, they don't. They, they want you to be faithful with the little thing because they are, they're looking. Well, look at this issue, look at that. The minute they find out you're a believer, they're coming after you, full bore. Full bore. I told you, I've been in meetings where I walk out and, they, and the person running the meeting says, those kind of people I do not like. And you know what I did? I won them over. Some of us say, well, I don't like you either. Father, send them to hell. No, I'm going to win them over. Next thing you know, I become their greatest confidant. It's an issue because then you become the place where they come for wisdom and counsel and prayer. But God's called us to influence this world. He's called you. He's placed you where He's placed you. Quit ask, asking for an exit strategy. Say, show me, God, what you're doing in me now. We need the Spirit of the Lord, as Second Corinthians. Three, 17, and eight. Some of you are saying, but I got too many issues. Let me tell you, all of us got issues. We all have issues. We're all bags of issues. Come on, some of you carry your issues right in your pocket right here. How many of you got an issue? How many of you have no issues? I was about to say, because you're about to say your issue that you're saying you have no issue, that's your issue. You're a liar, brother. You're a liar. See, we've been called to bring this this difference and, and, and that's what all the opportunity, even at Shiloh, all these opportunities, Sunday service and grow track and pathways and life groups and teen Shilohs, these are all opportunities where we give God our best and he's able to produce inside of us an excellent spirit. It's not just about more theology. It's about character. The minute we become a church where all we want to do is data dump in your head, that's not the church I will be a part of. Because it's an excellent spirit, it's character, it's integrity. There's a difference that God wants to put inside of us. We need to get the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is an excellent spirit. Where people that are hurt can be, and that are bound, can be set free. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the spirit of the Lord. Now the spirit, now the Lord is the spirit. Listen to what it says. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, the Spirit of the Lord isn't just flying around here and there. Where does the Spirit of the Lord reside? In me. So that means wherever you're at, there should be liberty. Wherever you're at because of that excellent spirit and that spirit of the Lord, there should be freedom. God, why do you send all the nuts and the drug addicts and the people with issues to me? Because inside of you is the drawing power of God. And what you need to do is step out and lay hands on them and pray for them. And they will be set free in the name of Jesus. But I don't know how to talk to my boss. We'll pray for him. Bible says pray for those that despisefully use you when they come and tell you all the problems going on say hey can I pray let's pray together I know a God and inside of me what does it say where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom see a lot of us come here think oh the spirit of the Lord is well if you brought him with you today there's freedom in the house And if you leave this place and you go down to 7-Eleven or you go down on 98th Avenue or you go over to the Tenderloin or you go down on East 14th, if you're there, the Spirit of the Lord is there and if He's there, there is freedom. What's the answer for the human sex trade and the drug issues and the homelessness? You! You're it. Where this, tell your neighbor where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom where are you that should be the question where are you where are you when you're in the world where are you do you open your eyes and see what God is giving you He's giving. the world is coming to you and you're saying oh God take it away and God say no you're the solution you're what this world needs Look what it says in verse 18. But we all, tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. The word of God right here, it's about you. He's talking to you. With unfailed faces, beholding as in a, Mary, the, uh, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. I said Mary, huh? I'm getting ready for Christmas, I guess. The glory of the Lord. The Kaaba. K-A-V-O-D the kavod the very weight of God we are called to reflect it how it goes on to say and we are being transformed into the same image what? from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord we are called to look more like Christ see and when we look I want you to hear this when we look more like Christ we will not offend we will attract when we look more like Christ we will not repel the world away We repel the world away when we allow our opinions to get involved. But when we show the love and the glory of God, we become an attraction to the world. The world says, I need what you got. They were attracted to him. They want to be attracted. It's God saying, I want to attract the world through you. You know, and it's interesting to me because I think, you know, being a, charismatic Pentecostal church we're spirit led church we talk about the glory of the Lord and we think it's this heebie jeebie it's that thing I felt during worship you know every time they, they go high with the drums that's the glory of the Lord no The glory of the Lord is inside of you. There's an excellent spirit inside of you. He wants to reflect, what is the glory of the Lord? What does this power, drawing power, look like? And I don't have time to go into all the scriptures. Pastor Melinda said, I can't believe you're going there. You need to take the class. But Revelations and Ezekiel talks about it. And you see a story there. And John had this revelation, Ezekiel had this revelation, both of them the same revelation, where they entered the very throne room of God, and it said there, this is what the glory of the Lord looked like. And the Bible tells us, and and, and it's really cool if you and it begins to describe these different faces. It says that he looked, and and on one side of the creature, this. Where this, this person he saw the face of man and on the other side he saw the face of a lion and on the other side he saw the face of an ox and on the other side he saw a face of an eagle but if you jump down to Ezekiel one twenty eight, I want you to read after he reads that he said this was the, the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord this is what the glory of the Lord looks like like an ox like an eagle I want you to hear this like a man, like a lion. And who's the ox? In the Bible you see the ox is the one that carried everything, the one that served, the one that plowed, the one that was that ultimately was willing to sacrifice. Became a sacrifice to atone people's sin. That was the ox, the heart of a servant. What's the glory of the Lord serving? Amen. That was Paul's attitude. When they came after him, said, We're going to kill you, Paul. What does he say? To live as Christ, to die is gain. <laughs> oh, you're poor? No, but I'm rich in Jesus. Oh, this is, this, this, it says there in 2 Corinthians 6:10, it says, you're, Are you sorrowful? No, I'm always rejoicing. Poor? Yeah, but he makes me rich. Do I have everything? No, but in him I possess everything. He understood who he was in Jesus Christ. And he was a servant before anything else. Actually, he understood the freedom he had in Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 19, For though I am free from all men, we need to live with that reality. Man cannot put labels and brand me or anything. I am free from all men. I'm free from man's opinion. I'm free from everything. I'm a free man because of Jesus Christ and the blood he shed for me. I am free. Why don't you give him thanks for that right now? Come on. I am free. But I want you to hear this. Paul understood that. I am free from all men. But look what he says. But I have made myself a servant. I've made myself an ox to all. Why? Why? that I may win more. How is it that people come to Jesus? By seeing the glory of God. What's the glory of God? Somebody with a heart, a spirit of excellence that desires to serve, who says, I'm willing to lay my life down. I'm not here to, what did Jesus say? I'm not here to get served. I came to serve. I'm here to give my life. I'm here to say, here's my life. Use it. The eagle. Now, how many of you have ever seen an eagle? I mean, they're beautiful. I was on San Pablo Reservoir here in between Arinda and El Sobrante, and I was on a boat. I think I called Melinda right after that. And we were coming around the bend on a boat, and all of a sudden, everybody that was in the boat said, shh, don't say anything. And we looked, and it was an eagle. It was standing about. this. There's a breeding pair come every March there to San Pablo. And it was about that tall. It was sitting on the beach, and it's talon, this like gold talon. It's just perfect animal. Just beautiful. And, and it's eating this fish, and we're just staring at it like, oh my, just have you ever looked at a golden eagle? I think they've got a display now here at Oakland, a bald eagle. And, and and it's just sitting there, this bald eagle, and it's like splendid and beautiful with this gold tent eating a fish and blood gushing all over and guts all over the place. And it was the most beautiful thing I ever seen. Everybody in the boat was like this. I mean, I could hear like the, the uh, patriotic songs in the background. <laughs> we didn't do a thing, and as we're drifting, we're drifting closer to the shore. We got too close, and it just looked at us. It looked at the fish, and it thought, "I'm done." And 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 it just went. Whoo! It didn't flap all hard. You see, some of those little birds, like seagulls, when they take off, they're like ah. <laughs> Not the eagle. It just went like this. It didn't even flap once. It went and went. And it just swept, it, it, like, it, it flew around us, kind of looked at us, you know, kind of, yeah, take a look. I'm amazing. I'm excellent. And we were just sitting there the whole time. We beached the thing, we had to get out of the boat, push it off of the sand, got all muddy and everything because we were kept in awe. We were wowed because of the, ex- the beauty of this bird. I believe God's called us to not just serve; He's called us to wow society. The Bible says in Mark that when they saw Jesus, Mark seven thirty-seven, 7, and they were astonished beyond measure, saying, "He has done all things well." What did Jesus say? "Greater than works than these shall ye do also." I don't only want to astonish; I want you to super astonish. I want you to look at what it says: He makes the death. Here, he makes the blind see that's what God God wants us to live wowing it goes on to say in Matthew 5 37 you are salt and light he's saying you are salt of the light you are you are I want to show the whole world not me He says, I want to show the whole world your good works. They they, they see the good works in you because then they could see what an excellent spirit and what the Spirit of God can do to any man. Amen? But I'm weak, yes, and it's in our weakness that his strength is perfected. He's not looking for the best. He's looking for your best. Well, I'm not like Curry. I'm as tall as him. I was 140 when I was born. That's not what he's looking for. He's saying, I want your best. Give me what you got as a sacrifice. Give me what you have as a servant. Give me what you have. Let your light shine so they can see your good deed. And when they see your life and how your life is different, God will be glorified. Amen? That's what Daniel did. That's what Jesus said. Daniel came and served. He served anything. The Bible says anytime. Whenever he was there, King Darius did well. The kingdom did well because Daniel was there serving. Whatever you need, I will do. Oh, well, that doesn't fit my bound. You know, that go, that's beneath me. Lord, let nothing ever be beneath me. Let nothing, let nothing. Let nowhere, let, we're willing to go like we just went, willing to go to places with no electricity. We're willing to do whatever and go wherever you called me to be. Father, if it's an opportunity to serve you, I will go. It doesn't matter if it's a five-star hotel or infinity, we stayed at an infinity star hotel. You could see every star in the sky wherever let none of it be beneath me I'll go wherever just like Jesus was willing think about it he was willing to step out of the throne room of God for us and show excellence and serve and what does the Bible say when did the presence of God show up in the tabernacle when everything was in its place when everything was set in order when there was excellence there the Spirit of the Lord showed up. Why does Shiloh start? I t- we said, let's start right at 9, right at 11, every time. And the worship team's beat me. They're now starting five minutes before that. Let's be excellent in whatever we do. Let's welcome everybody. Let's show the love of Jesus. Let's serve. Let's wow whoever comes. Amen? What's a lion? A lion, the tribe of Judah. Praise and worship, a boldness in what we believe. Bold in my faith. Bold. Rude? No. Judgmental? No. But this is a standard I live by, and I will not live against it. I've been told there's now meetings I don't get invited to, and they say, we're going to talk about some things that may not be right, and we're not inviting you. Because they know. I'll say, that is not right. I will have nothing to do with it. And I'm going to send you an email saying that. What you're doing doesn't look right. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to be bold. We're going to live according to the standard. And guess what happened? The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 1, it says, But the righteous are bold as lions. We speak the truth. We live the truth. When we understand that, when we understand what truth is, Jesus said, do you know who I am? And they said, yeah, who are you? Who do they say I am? And when Peter said, this is who you are, he said that kind of revelation will take out the gates of hell. We need to live every day with the glory of the Lord serving. We need to live with excellence. And we need to live with a boldness saying that because the gates of hell will not be able to prevail. Amen? Praise Jesus and then the last and probably my favorite is man the son of man Jesus came to what have so we could have relationship it's all about relationship it's all about relationship he came to serve he came to give us so his love let me tell you God understands there's other loves in this world But he wants to be the capital love, the big love, the main love in your life. He wants to be number one. And Jesus came and he loved us and he showed us love. Let me tell you, people don't know. I want to tell you something. This is going to offend some of you theologians, some of you multi-doctorate PhDs. People don't care what you know. They just want to know that you really care about them. That's what they care. They want to know you care. They don't want to know. They don't care about all that you know. And God doesn't care that you know all this. But does it produce love? Does it produce a heart of excellence? Does it produce character? Does it produce a desire to serve? Does it produce love? Unconditional love. A love where I say, I love you, period. That's how the world's going to be wowed. When they look at my marriage, they talk, ask me all the time about my marriage with my wife. They're wowed. They they need to be wowed by our relationships. They need to be wowed. The Bible says that they will know who we are what? By our love. John 13 34 and 35. 35 says, By this all will know that you are my disciples. By what? By our love. Do you love? I believe this is the best sermon ever. Right before Thanksgiving. Because you're going to sit across the table with some people that I got to love. And you're going to serve them and you're not going to cook that turkey out of obligation. You're not going to make it dry on purpose. You're going to make it juicy and good because you're going to show I love you. You're going to set the table. And again, it doesn't matter what you have, but whatever you have, do it with your best. with whatever you have your best not unto them do it unto God and though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding of all knowledge and don't have love what is it and though I have all the faith and though I can move mountains but do not have love what does it say I am nothing you could do it all and have no love and what is it goose let me say it's a big zero my work for god without love equals zero so right where you're at i want to pray for you because i believe god right now is wanting to minister to you right now father we thank you for your love Father, we know that without love, all we know is insignificant. Father, we know that without love, all that we believe is insufficient. Father, without love, all that we give is incomplete. Father, in all, anything we do without love that we accomplish is inadequate. So today, Father, we give our hearts to you. And we declare, Father, that you are our God. Let us show your love. And I'm going to challenge you right there with your eyes closed. There's some people you can show love to this week. At the end of this service, there'll be porters standing at all the doorways. You can give anything you give. As you leave, we're going to give to the fire victims. Anything you give, you could do it online. There's an online website at ShilohChurch.com. And also, I encourage you, take one of those green cards that say something to show you how much God loves you. And do something this week. Put it at your dinner table. Maybe your uh, in-laws will be impressed when you show them a little love this year. And not the cold shoulder. Right where you're at. Maybe today it's the first time you hear about this kind of love and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. We need this kind of revelation, believer or not. We need this kind of revelation in our life. So if you're in the room and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, just repeat the prayer. The Bible says all you got to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you will be saved. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I repent. I turn from my way of living, and I go your way in the name of Jesus. Before I dismiss you, I believe there's some people here, God's saying, I'm calling you up to live with that excellent spirit. You've been trying to get the best, but you haven't been giving your best to God. And if you're in the room right now, I want to pray for you. I believe, God, this is a call to the church to rise up, to live God's way, and to do it the way He wants it so we can influence and change a world for Jesus. I believe God can give us cities if we do it for Him. If we do it with an excellent spirit. So if you're in this room right now and you say, you know, that's me. I haven't been living with an excellent spirit. I've been chasing everything else, but not to God. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Father, I pray for anybody in the room right now who would say, I've I've not been doing it for you. I've been chasing all the wrong things and all the wrong people. My priority has not been you, Jesus, but today, I shift that around. I make a shift. And I begin to understand with clarity what it is you're doing in my life. Father, I thank you for the trials. I thank you for the tribulation. I thank you for the refinement that's going on in me so I can live with an excellent spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can you give Jesus a hand? Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.